Looking Up on CliffCentral.com. A very, very hearty welcome to each one of our listeners here and around our pale blue dot. You are listening to Professor David Block, uh, our show weekly uh, streaming uh, broadcast is Looking Up with David Block. And today we've got a fascinating topic. The topic is science and music. How does that grab you, Duncan? I'm fascinated already, Professor. Yeah, science and music. And listen, we have got some real hits here in terms of guests in our studio. Firstly, I want to uh, welcome to the studio. I'm going to do it in reverse order today, uh, just for fun. I want to um, welcome Kenton Lee Wintvogel. Is that correct, Kenton? Yes. Uh, the the thing is being brought up in Durban. We were not Afrikaans, so I I grew up okay. knowing my name. My surname is Wintvogel, and yes. I actually learned that it's actually Wintvogel. Yes. <laughs> now tell me. Uh, of course, you're the lead guitarist for Lyra. You've been the lead guitarist for Lyra since 2011. I always thought Lyra was a constellation, Duncan, <laughs> which it is. Or oh, no, currency. She's a singer. She's a local singer, Professor. <laughs> but she's a local, I know, and a very yes. famous one of that. Now, tell me, uh, Kenton, just to whet our listeners' appetites, uh, did you actually meet President Barack Obama as well when Lyra performed? Um, unfortunately not. I think on that day it was, um, hell of a chaotic, mm-hmm. um, in the were sense you with her Washington. Though? Yes, we, we were all together. We performed. Uh-huh. Um, we had the mandate, the invite, uh, um, you know, as per the, the written invitation, um, with him yes. being there. But unfortunately with a night like that, you can imagine he's probably on demand everywhere. But I did kind of see him during the day driving mm-hmm. past with these, with the, with the entourage. Wonderful. It was an, fasc- an amazing Man, experience. So awesome. And of course, Lira, in her own right is a legend um, I see that your dream is to make a difference within the entertainment industry here in South Africa uh, which is just awesome and then we also want to welcome to the studio I've been doing this in reverse order normally it's females first Duncan today I've done it in reverse uh, Terry Lee Natalie Bronwyn Oliphant <laughs> Uh, commonly known as Terry. Uh, Terry, uh, a hearty welcome to you. Tell me what you do at Wits University, first of all. Okay, well, firstly, thanks for having us on your show, Prof. This mm. is amazing. Um, it's a great pleasure, and I know we're going to rock. <laughs> You're going to put up some Lyra music, and he's going to play the guitar. I mean, come on, if this doesn't excite you, apply for Nothing a job more. at Bob. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Okay, guys. <laughs> Prof, I'm, <laughs> I've just completed my PhD and yes. I'm, a, I'm an associate lecturer in, uh, in your department, the mm-hmm. departments of applied mm-hmm. maths. So we're colleagues and you've been my mentor for years. So this uh-huh. is quite an honor for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, that's, that's what I'm doing in my, in. So Terry, I never knew that there was the secret side of Terry. There's always the secret side, like the moon. The moon has a dark side that nobody knows of, penned Mark Twain. So Terry, uh, tell me when your love for music started, because you've been really doing quite a lot on in the secret portfolios, as it were, and some very interesting achievements. Um, I think I had a fascination with with poetry and with writing initially 
Um, and that started as early as about seven years old. I used to sneak into the library and read poetry books, really thick, um, yes. intense poetry books, and then recite my, write my own poetry. And then that developed into music. Um, I then became a vocalist yes. for, I've been in about three bands. Um, but I really only started dabbling in music in 2001 because I was really shy. Right. Yeah. So 2001 was right. when it all started. And tell me both of you, just, just kick off. What, what, what does music mean to you? What is, what does it do to you? Why do you both do, you know, do what you do? Um, Nelson Mandela said to me one day, I said to him, Please tell me what your thoughts of an, of astronomy is. Tell me about astronomy. And he penned these words that astronomy is the theater of our operations. I oh. thought that is just mm. so, so profound, profound, the very theater of our operations. So, Kenton, let's start with you because I'm facing you and we're going to Terry and then back to Terry and Kenton. So, uh, why do you... What makes you tick before performance? What are you trying to excite the crowds? Are you trying to inspire young people? Why do you do what you do? Um, I guess it's an amalgamation of of everything you've said, and um, it's 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 really like an interpretation of life. It's an expression. Um, oh, it's, beautiful, it's, Duncan! An interpretation <laughs> of life. <laughs> it actually, it, it really is, and and Funny it's it's. It's, 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 yeah, like I said, it's a, it's an expression of, of what is. It's, it's, for me, I see it as, as art. Um, um, and, and going back to the subject of today, like science, sort of maths in mm-hmm. music, it's, it's, mm-hmm. a, it, for me, it's, it's a lot of worlds that coexist in one. Um, Wonderful. And it's very inspiring and mm-hmm. it is contagious and, and, and that's what it is. It's, right. It, it, it helps us. It, it controls right. our emotion. It controls our moods. It, it, it really can uplift. It does, doesn't it? Now, Terry, I'd like to just kick off um, with a question. Of course, I know you as someone who lives next door, sort of as a, <laughs> a neighbor, as it were, in the corridors, the learned corridors, Duncan, yes. of applied mathematics and where people call you professor and doctor and so <laughs> And uh, so you are also, as you've said, Terry, a musician – Applied mathematician, but also a musician. So in your personal experience, do you believe that, you know, that there's an affinity between some of the great minds in maths and in music? I mean, this is a question which can be asked down the ages. And I'd love you to both, uh, have a chance and a stab at answering that question because let me just take you back some years, Duncan. Do you remember the year 1974, Duncan? The point is, before your mama and your daddy got together, I was a, I was a twinkle in there. <laughs> and uh, it struck me, it struck me deeply so that um, some of my great apl- applied maths profs like Michael Sears Adored music. They really mm. did. Mm. And the more I got to know mathematicians, the more I realized that something's turning them on. Uh, I don't mean in the physical sense, of course, but in the <laughs> mu- musical sense. And so it became apparent to me that, you know, this, there's an affinity between music and science. But why don't you, Terry, you start off. Why don't you both just explore that theme? Mm. 
Well, I know that this debate has been ongoing and can be traced back to 1756. Um, I use Mozart as a reference of a musical genius mm-hmm. whose musicality has been directly um, related to mathematics. Mm-hmm. And um, I know as human beings, we're always trying to make sense of anything extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Um, and up until today, scholars are still investigating his work. Right. Um, I know that Albert Einstein was also a violinist. I'm not sure if That's you guys correct. know that. That's he, was, he was a very right. good violinist. Mm-hmm. Um, like and or... or Thought that there was an uh, affinity between his creative process and Mozart's mm. creative process, mm. and said that Mozart's music is so pure that um, it's almost as though it existed in the universe, mm. and it was just waited to be discovered and mastered, mm. much like the birth of of Einstein's theories. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, there are also a number of other mathematicians who you might know, um, Frederick Schubert, the mm, Russian astronomer, of course. who um, he was mm-hmm. also a famous musician. Mm-hmm. William Herschel served as a violinist and a um, composer before he became an astronomer. Mm. Um, he, of course, is very famous. Uh, William was the father of John Herschel, and Sir William Herschel, intimately involved with the discoveries of planets like Uranus and yep. so forth, and so he really enjoyed music. Yeah, he mm. was a musician. And I mean, it's not like these mathematicians were playing with the triangle. Or, no. You know, I mean, no. they were really, they were serious no. about their music as well, no. so there was definitely a musicality element no. um, mm. involved there. Isaac Newton wrote a book on music. Did he? Um, yeah. He what did. was it called? I will get the exact name for you. It's I must know this, Duncan. <laughs> I need to buy that book. Um, the first statement of a music analogy. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, and he talks the first about statement of a music analogy. That's just awesome. Yeah. Mm. That mm-hmm. sounds really quite amazing. And then also Pythagoras. I mean, these were not necessarily musicians, but they made musical references. Um, and one of the one of the quotes I take from Pythagoras is he said that there is a geometry in the humming of the strings. There is music in the spacing of the spheres. I mean, that's quite, that's quite beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. Mm. So we can definitely see that there is an affinity. Yes, yes. Um, and it's not so much about whether there is a relationship between music and maths, but yes. are we conscious of yes. this relationship? Yes. Because I believe it's undeniable. Yes. Kenton, I see that there's an instrument lying there, which is not good. <laughs> I see you've got a guitar there. Now, I need to be soothed, don't you, Duncan? I think we need this guy. I mean, how can we have the lead guitarist, Lyra? And the guitar sitting on the floor. <laughs> I mean, this would, be, this would be an embarrassment. So, Kenton, tell me what you're going to do to us. Well, um, I, I was going to kind of relate uh, to what Terry is saying, you know, okay. on, a, on, a, on a sort of more surface level and, okay. and how, and how yes. maths affects what I do and, and what brought me yes. to where I am tell and, us. and what my gig is. Yes. Um, in my, in my personal experience, I use, I use, um, Sort of math or numbers or formulas or calculations within my instruments and within the composition of songs wow. and melodies. Wow. Um, as it's undeniable that, you know, after you've done, like, I've, I've, I've researched the guy by the name of Ralph Murphy, mm-hmm. who's the head of the Songwriters Association of New York. If mm-hmm. you check him out mm-hmm. on YouTube, mm-hmm. um, he illustrates this profoundly. Um, you know, he speaks of the six different formulas to songwriting. Mm. Um, I can't go too far in Mm-mm. depth with them, but, Mm-mm. um, as an example, you know, the one idea of verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, mm. chorus is something that we commonly mm. know. Mm. So, um, if I had to simplify it, you would take that formula and mm. apply it to wherever you want to go. So for mm. me, it's a form of navigation. Mm. It, it, mm-hmm. uh, it's how I approach songwriting. Mm-hmm. It's how I approach learning mm-hmm. um, new tricks on the guitar mm-hmm. or learning the guitar from the basics. If you mm-hmm. if 
mm. if you want to learn, I would always say, mm. you know, try and identify what are the patterns, mm. what are the formulas, mm. you know, um, I've actually got a, in my first answer, I wanted to maybe go yes. through something that I've, sure. that I've, I've written on a track, um, if, if that's okay sure, with you. Sure, absolutely. Um, go for it. I've, I've used the, the idea of verse, pre-chorus, chorus, verse, pre-chorus, oh, chorus. Wonderful. And in the solo, so. Wonderful. You want to check that out? Wonderful. You know, just in listening to that, what did it do to me as a professor of <laughs> astronomy? I mean, I think this is very true. Is I need to, you know, process what it's done to my neurophysiological processes or my brain. What did it do? Well, first of all, I had Duncan uh, almost defying the law of gravity, bopping up and down. <laughs> so I realized it's gotten to him. I didn't do that because my frame's like the cosmos, Duncan. I'm expanding. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> and so it would be dangerous <laughs> for me. By the way, if you want to reach us, it's 0861 uh, zero eight six one triple five one eight nine. But the most popular way of reaching us is on WeChat, Cliff Central. Send us a message, Darren from PE. I could listen to this man talk all day. Great show. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it's my show or not, it's a show. <laughs> now, but Darren, we love having you on, and so forth. And then Duncan's is the best laugh. But I agree. <laughs> he has a laugh that cracks me up. <laughs> People ask me, you know, what you smoke, and I say I'm listening to Duncan. 
<laughs> okay. Let me just tell you what Kenton there, some of the words, Kenton. We can play all amongst the stars in the galaxy. As Terry, that's awesome. We can play. I mean, it lifts the mood. Of course. The stars are shining bright. I mean, just there. You know what I mean? A heat. The heart's on fire. Um, my students' hearts aren't on fire, Duncan. <laughs> <laughs> and then also, you know, the word magic. And, you know, it's so hot. Um, you know, in my days, that used to mean temperature-wise, Duncan. But, you know, <laughs> now I believe girls and guys can be hot also. Yeah. So, uh, and, you know, the, the feelings that I want to get, I, I just think that's just so – It's it's not provocative. It's evocative. It's mm. emotional. It's mm. it's it's taking out of me something, and it's expressing it. Kenton, is that why you wrote this? Absolutely. Um, that 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 feeling you get, um, and and it's 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 an it's it's always nice when it relates to an absolute true story. Mm. You know. Um, the sadness in the song is that, you know, she is not believing in the magic. Yeah. So, unfortunately, you don't have a choice but to uh, give her back her love. But, um, yeah, I mean, but that's the tragic, idea that you have, it? yes, yes, it's it is. tragic. <laughs> She's not catching the magic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think the whole idea of just playing amongst the stars. Playing amongst the stars and the I magic. I just love that. That's I where mean, I would love to go. <laughs> yeah. I think that, that, that that's what music does to one, right, Duncan? Definitely. One plays amongst the stars. One, you know, you know, one's, it's just awesome to say to a class, you know, applied maths is magical. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so, I mean, Terry, that's true, isn't it? Applied maths yes, is just it so. It is magical. It is mm. magical. But the point is, we're using some of the world's greatest brains. We're studying their papers. And yet, even Einstein himself just was playing amongst the stars, if you really come to think of it. Yes, but absolutely. you know, Kenton, I see you sitting there with a guitar. Now, let me tell you what I feel like. <laughs> you know, you know, if you're hungry, Duncan. <laughs> And the steak doesn't arrive. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's the main thing. <laughs> you know, and you're hungry. And they, they say, now, we're just going to tell you the chef is running a little late. <laughs> <laughs> and then I say, but I want the steak. And they say, Prof, just be patient. Now, I think we've been patient long enough, <laughs> haven't you, Dung? I think so, Yeah, he's a lyricist, lead guitarist. You tell us what you're going to do. Okay, well... um, my second analogy was going to be to unpack how I approach the guitar. Yes, but, please do. Um, if, you, if you don't mind. So what I'll, what uh, I'll do is... I want to play amongst the stars. <laughs> what I always say is, um, you know, and, and you got to do your research. So I, yeah. I, I'm just one opinion and I'm yeah. using my experience. Right. Um, as a guitarist or as any instrumentalist, I would always say approach music from understanding the numbers or understanding the the basic theories of what helps you build a chord, what helps you okay. build a progression. Right. So it's really right. mathematical in that sense. Yes. Um. I, how it's aided me is that aided me is that if I if I understood the navigation of one song, it means that you know my very first gig I had to learn about twenty eight songs mm -hmm. in two days. Mm -hmm. So I mean it it can get really ridiculous, but mm -hmm. if you understand how to navigate around it then it mm -hmm. becomes a lot easier mm -hmm. so um what i do is uh, if you look at a graph um one going horizontal one going vertical mm -hmm. the vertical graph would represent how to build a chord mm -hmm. so if you look at the letters a to g yep um and you replace them with one to seven right um your one would be an a if we're using a as an right. example yes so one two three four five six seven yes, one two three four five mm -hmm. six uh mm -hmm. seven six five four three two one so how you will build a chord vertically is by 
a combination of the three different tones of a one, three, and a five. Right. Mm-hmm. So what I'm playing in, when I'm playing an A major chord, I hope you listen, listeners can hear my guitar when I'm playing. I hope so, Duncan. <laughs> I, Duncan, we. I hope that they can hear you. Yeah. I'm I'm basically playing a combination of. A, a Put the mic closer to your guitar, and then they will hear you. Yes. A whole lot of ones, um, threes, and fives, and obviously okay. they they vary. So you got to understand now a few I'm little rules. <laughs> So I've just went through the entire scale and what the horizontal aspect yes. of it does is it navigates through a progression. Yes. So a famous South African progression is the one, four, five. Everybody knows that. Okay. So this is what it sounds like. The, the one being the A, um, the four being the D and the five being the E. Right. Guys, this is awesome. Wow. So, um, in understanding wow, don't that, stop. <laughs> in understanding that you're able to navigate through Terry, any I key. I want this guy in my office. <laughs> <laughs> that is just, I want you to play it's that again. It's just so harmonic to just. Guys. And you can think of 10 different songs wow. that are, have been done that in that, just in that so, progression. And it's, and it's just a progression of scale. It's just so mathematical. Absolutely. But it's so mathematical behind it all. And yet what it does for one is that you start playing in a different domain. Yes. Is that why you do what you do? Absolutely. Absolutely. When those two worlds actually meet, yes. it becomes magical. Yes. It becomes an experience, yes. especially when you're comfortable with your instrument or, you know, you know how to navigate yes. through music. And like I said, the understanding that I, the approach that I do yes. lets you interpret what you're feeling yes. on any instrument, yes. not necessarily the guitar. Right. And again, I can do the exact same thing in a different key. So that's that's the understanding. Being mm-hmm. able to to let numbers navigate you through music. Now, tell me, both of you, Terry and Kenton. Terry, I let the ball in your court for all. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Kenton keeps on using this word navigating. Now, when I used to navigate, you know what I mean? It's very dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is, navigating to me meant, you know, for example, navigating, you know, on a on, for example, a ship. Yes. But the point is, you are using it in a very different context, navigating a song. Now, is that part of the design of the song? Is it part of playing the song? Is it part of communicating, uh, you know, stars shining brightly through the song? Uh, I need to tease out of you, mm-hmm. both of you. What does it mean to navigate a song? First Terry and then Kenton. Well, I think that when you're singing a song or when you're writing a song, you're telling a certain story. Yes. And by navigating, we mean that we need to navigate about our way of expressing this story. Yes. So, um, as you know, Kenson has told us now that most songs have a verse, chorus, verse, bridge, right. chorus, that, that structure. Right. And so when we, when we, when you talk about navigation, we mm. talk about navigating our way around that mm. structure, mm. designing our chords, designing our lyrics, designing our melodies to fit into that particular structure. I see. I see. How interesting. The word navigation. Nathan, welcome to you. Uh, always great to have you on the uh, feed. Prof. Would your guests say that the quality of music has been deteriorating throughout history? Well, I think, I, I mean, if you listen 
saying to these folk, I don't think we'd use those words, but <laughs> <laughs> I think that, uh, but uh, before we get into that, we'll get into Nathan's question in a moment. But, um, Kenton, I, I just sense you're on fire here with navigating. <laughs> Tell me what you, Explain to me as an absolute novice who's only a mere mortal prof um, (laughs) what uh, navigating a song means to you these days. Well, um, in in the sense of, well, I I think it has many different levels of meaning. Okay. Um, In the sense of wanting to to grow yourself um, as a songwriter, or okay. if you want to, if you want to um, get into guitar for the first time, yes. you know, um, the, the easiest thing to do is to learn a chord. But like I yeah, said, sure. if you if you have a better foundation, yep. then you you're able to move around the instrument right. a lot more. You're able to learn a lot ah, faster. Move around the instrument. That's lovely. You're, move around the instrument. Mm. Move around the song you're about to write. Mm. Um, move around the progression that idea that you might have. Mm-hmm. So it's it's at the end of the day, it's a sense of freedom. For your growth as a musician mm-hmm. and how you would want to interpret mm-hmm. music or interpret a songwriting process, mm-hmm. you know, so that's how I see it. It's 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 just it's different levels, you know. So now, you know, because I've got both of you here, I mean, I'd be, yeah, yeah. I want some more. So <laughs> I want you to play something where you're navigating again, navigating a song. You can just you have the freedom to take us anywhere. We've got listeners from Dubai and Los Angeles and. I just want, oh, yes. I want, I want you to really let South Africa shine. Okay. Well, um, I'll play you maybe a little piece of, of a song that I, I do with Lira. Um, it's called Stay in My Company. Okay. It goes like this. I just think that is just so beautiful. It's so calming. You know, I need to have this every day. <laughs> but it's also dangerous, Prof. I feel like Kenton uses it to mm. his advantage. <laughs> <laughs> so the point really is here is that sounded like Bach in the background. Really, it just it was so there were the harmonics, there was the movement, there was the navigating. It sounded so mathematical, it was so precise. But what is also beautiful about that song, Duncan, is that it was so quiet, meaning it was not noisy. Mm-hmm. Um, it just stirred something within my soul, but it was quietly stirred. <laughs> it was not stirred with a lot of noise. Now, Terry, does that link into our mathematical brains where we sit at our desks like you and your PhD mm. and where we think? What is happening in our brains that, you know, great mathematicians just adore music? Well, Prof, that answer is a little bit difficult, but maybe we can break it down. As many listeners probably know, the brain is made up of two hemispheres, the right hemisphere and the left Mm -hmm. hemisphere. The right hemisphere is responsible for more creative thinking, and the left brain is responsible for more logical, Mm -hmm. mathematical thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, I'm not sure why there is a link, because they seem as though they're separate hemispheres. Mm -hmm. So that's why the debate is is ongoing, because Mm -hmm. why is it It that mathematicians… 
are able to be or why the, the mathematicians mm-hmm. are, have a musicality, a sense mm-hmm. of musicality. Mm-hmm. It's still, I mean, I still can't answer the question. For the longest time, I was a vocalist, I was a singer-songwriter, and the relationship between my musical ability mm-hmm. and my mathematicality, I mean, my mathematical ability was mm-hmm. quite indiscernible. Mm-hmm. Um, until I started kind of navigating, to use that word, my way around the guitar. Yes. Only then did I realize that there's an absolute connection, mm. um, that while the music emanates from emotion, the mm. expression is very technical and mathematical. Mm. And so, mm. yeah, I think maybe that's why it's easier for mathematicians or for people who have it a is, sense definitely. of maths yes. to be able to express yes. themselves with music. I want to read something to our listeners. James Joseph Sylvester penned these words. May not music be described as the mathematics of the sense, mathematics as music of the reason. The musician feels mathematics. Wow. Wow. The mathematician thinks music. Mm. Music, the dream. Mathematics, the working life. Wow. How does that resonate with you, Kenton? The musician feels mathematics. Yes. um, um, I mean, would you say you feel it? Do you, I mean, you know, you perform on such huge audience, to such huge audiences, not on them, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes on them, yes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I. This morning, someone left I'm my office. Duncan. <laughs> someone left my office this morning, and they said that TM joins were so from laughter, <laughs> which is a good sign. You can see, I believe laughter is the best medicine. But where's my quote, quote gone, Duncan? It's just disappearing. So, you know, would you say that? Would you both say that the musician feels maths? Is that true? Um. We, we definitely feel the congruency of, of all of these different facets playing one role mm-hmm. on, in one moment. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference is being, holding that instrument and being on that stage. You know, uh, that feeling is, uh, I, I, I really, really can't describe What it. do you feel when you're on stage? What do it's, you feel? It's a whole other level of adrenaline. Like, yeah. I, I think the biggest crowd we've ever played for, um, with Lira was the unveiling of the, um, seven Wonder of the World, the Table Mountain. Yeah, and I wasn't invited I, to that one. I kid you not. <laughs> there probably was around a hundred thousand people at wow. at that place, pr- walking on the roads. You mm-hmm. know, you know how Cape Town is when, when they have those. So mm-hmm. that was like the ultimate rush. Mm-hmm. You know, that is mm-hmm. the ultimate surge mm-hmm. of adrenaline, just like mm-hmm. rushing throughout your body. And then and you got to remember the maths and the. Gen- and what's your <laughs> aim? I mean, are you trying to make maths the music of reason? I is this actually? Subconsciously, mm. what you're trying to both do. Absolutely. Terry, I see you reflecting hard on that. Yes, yes, yes. I think that now that I'm more aware, because as I said earlier, there is definitely an affinity between yeah. mathematics and music. The debate and, is not mm-hmm, about that connection, mm-hmm. it's about being conscious about the mm-hmm, connection. Mm-hmm. So I think now that I'm conscious of it, um, I'm eager to explore and express myself and find more connections. Mm. And yeah, because ultimately by connecting these little dots, maths and music is just the tip of the iceberg. Um, right. We can connect infinitely many things, right. which leads us to right. something far grander. Right. Now, how would you both address Nathan's question that he feels he's asking the question that music is actually on the way down? That the quality of music, let me read the question again, Nathan, great having you on the show, that the quality of music has been deteriorating throughout history. 
I'll start. Um, I think that now because we've got so much technology, and again, because maths is playing such an important role, right. it's easy to make um, music that sounds technical um, and to reproduce a lot more right. music a lot faster. Right. And so as a result, I don't know, I guess maybe we could say that some of the music out there, I'm going to be quite frank, is crap and it's not timeless and it doesn't have a lot of yeah. soul it doesn't yeah. have a lot of emotion it doesn't, it doesn't have, have a lot of investment yeah uh, that's that's what's lacking but that doesn't mean that there is a lot of music out there that we're producing now that is still of high quality and i think mm. kenton can probably um mm. elaborate a little bit more expand a little bit more on that because mm-hmm. he's music okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well i hope i hope not to become too philosophical around this but you know and and, and not to tramp on nathan's toes too much mm. but um mm. I, I feel like, you know, um, there are always two scenarios. You know, there are always, there's always something great that's happening. There's always something negative that's happening. And when you look at the two, your reality and your awareness is what you're focusing on. Yes. So, um, if, if you're focusing on the cup is half empty, then you, yes. that's what you get. If you focus right. on the cup is half full. Right. So I would like to see the half, the cup half full. And I'd right. like to say that, uh, we have some pioneers all around the oh, world good. that are pushing boundaries. Oh, and if anything, I, I think the quality of music is, is growing, you know. Um, but like I, like I do say, it's, it's the element of both worlds are happening at the same time. Right. Yeah. So we're just going to have a break. And I want to know what your thoughts are with regard to this. Duncan, go. Works. Enoch's Meditation. I mean, I could really listen to this just for hours and hours, but we need to carry on with our key theme. It's just so good. But yes. the point is that, um, so I'd like to just know, getting back to our theme of science and maths and um, music, uh, Terry, there's the claim, of course, that Mozart's music is very pivotal in stimulating mathematical thinking. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts there? Well, there is something known as the Mozart effect. Um, There's something known as the Mozart yes, effect. Yes, the Mozart effect. Have you experienced that, Duncan? Never. Ever. Maybe okay. Duncan can be uh, uh-huh. he can be our guinea, guinea pig, pig for the day. Yeah, yeah. Um, when listening to pieces by the composer, actually can facilitate an improved concentration. And then, that's interesting. Yeah, that's very interesting. Mm. And then linking that with mathematics, um, there's a claim that Mozart symphonies, um, which have more complicated patterns, can actually stimulate mathematical thinking. Mm. Um, I don't know. I've actually brought. Um, Mozart's symphony in G minor. Maybe okay. we could have a listen and do we have that on? Uh, okay, so that's going to come on now. And uh, while we're waiting for that, Kenton, have you got something to address with regard to say Mozart's music or Bach's music or any of the famous musicians of old? How they might stimulate and especially the idea of focus is very important to me. Focus. Focus. In other words, it helps you to be relaxed. But when you're relaxed, when you're in a relaxed mode, Kenton, is somehow you can focus on challenges which you could never do if you were in a stressed environment. Absolutely. Um, you know, obviously my my um, research and my surroundings and my environment um, weren't sort of in the lines of the classical composers, but mm-hmm. how it's affected me. I, I remember mm-hmm. when I was a kid in, in high school, 
um, they actually had the music playing over the intercoms for for um, for during our exam sessions. Yes, and and it definitely yes. did it help you? Absolutely, really. The concentration mm-hmm. levels. Um, mm-hmm. um, um, yeah, it, it definitely definitely gets you into that sense of relaxed focus, getting yes. to the work that the you mind to be needs doing. to be relaxed before it can focus. Absolutely, a turbulent Absolutely. mind just cannot 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 do it. So you know, again, I'm hungry. You know, I see my steak. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I, I mean, we've got Kenton here and, you know, I know we're going to have Mozart just now. But I want you, I, I, look, I didn't ask you to do this uh, before the show, but there must be something, I don't know, just something that's going to cause us to just navigate further today. <laughs> have you got anything you could just, I know it's on the spot and if you haven't got, I just respect that. But your face just tells me, Prof, I'm about to light your candle. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually have like a million things running in my head at the same yes. time. But um, let me maybe um, a, a famous chord progression. Okay. Of um, Paul Withers, just yes. the two of us. Ooh. Yes. Is a wow. You're listening to Professor David Block, and you wouldn't say so because it's just a wow. It's just, it is just taking one to another planet. And I love the words we used earlier of growing oneself and of moving around. But somehow, I suppose, Terry, it leads Hmm. us onto the subject of creativity. Music is so creative, as we just heard Duncan play. And um, this is a very interesting untapped area is in order to be more creative, perhaps one should be listening to more music. Well, I'll say that in my undergraduate years at uh, at Wits when I studied, and maybe this is not so much about my creativity, but my ability to be, to uh, retain any kind of information. I had to listen to music. Yes. And I listened to a specific CD. It was Coldplay's Parachutes. I listened to that CD um on repeat and somehow it was calming but it also enabled me to actually kind of make sense of what I was doing and to mm-hmm. to process the information on mm-hmm. a far deeper level. Mm-hmm. My relationship with music in terms of creativity is that I use my music to be creative. That's my means of being How wonderful. creative. How wonderful. Yeah. How wonderful. Kenton, your thoughts on that? Um Pretty well. I, I can't agree more. You know, mm. um, definitely, it's it's, mm. it's, it's an a, opening up of the soul. Yes, absolutely, mm. absolutely, and to be able to pour your innermost <laughs> feelings and and sometimes you know on on different levels, whether it's whether it's good right. emotion, bad emotion, right. but it's 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 an interpretation. Right. It's an interpretation right. of of what right. is going through oneself at the stage. Right. Now, tell me, Duncan, you've got something to play, have you? We're just gonna listen to what this does to one. Yes. It's a symphony in G minor. Yes, that's right, Duncan. By Mozart.
I think as I listen to that piece, you know, I see so much, I hear so much structure, and it's so precise. Now, of course, you know, one of the things which I'm very deeply involved in and care about is our leaders of tomorrow, and many of our listeners fall into this age group of, say, 18 to 25, our listeners of tomorrow. Now, I have to ask both of you in the remaining sort of four minutes or so, um, do you think that maths can be used to promote or make sense of other aspects of the world around us? Terry and then Kenton. Prof, I believe that mathematics um, occurs quite naturally in every aspect of the, of the natural world. Yes. Um, I'd yes. like to give a couple of quick examples just to get the listeners on board. Um, when you're on Google or when you're on YouTube, and yes. let's say Duncan is looking for his favorite hip-hop track, he goes to YouTube <laughs> yeah. and he types in um, Electric le- Relaxation by Tribe Called Quest. Okay. That music video comes up, but there's also a side panel with um, infinitely many other options. Right. Closely related right. to his, his, um, his search. Right. Now, what that is is that that's – Eigenanalysis. Yes. That's mathematics. Mm-hmm. That's mathematics at its mm-hmm. purest. Right. Um, Google and YouTube use this to find similarities. Yeah, to find similarities. And, and here mm. the eigenvalue would be the one thing that all of those mm. options have in common, which Very is that they're good. probably all hip hop mm-hmm. tracks, um, mm-hmm. r- roughly from the same era. Mm-hmm. So that's how ma- mathematics is used in, in, I mean, in things obviously that we use in everyday life. Right. Um, in transport scheduling, in navigation, we've been using this word mm-hmm. quite often today. Mm-hmm. So I think that uh, the human body is symmetrical. That's an, that's an mm-hmm. obvious uh, reference to mathematics. Mm-hmm. Mathematics occurs naturally in every single aspect mm-hmm. of the natural world. Mm-hmm. It's just about having an, a consciousness mm-hmm. and Beautiful. awareness of that. Beautiful. Navigating through the stars. <laughs> Structure, precision. Kenton, you have the final word before I wrap this up. Okay, um... I was I was hoping for for more than that with my final answer because it it, it really know, excites me, but time, that's all fine. It's absolutely we'll fine. Invite you back. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. I, I I I for one have certainly for the last year and eight months um, applied a formula, so I can only I can again speak from experience um, that definitely within the music industry. Um, you know, there's a lot of questions about, you know, um, how does one make it? And, you know, it's a tough industry. And, right. and I, I, right. I say the, the, the missing gap between understanding what yes. it takes to make it in the industry from a physical point of view, but as, as a personal development yes. process, I think, um, because it's tough, I think your mindset needs to be tougher. Good. Um, Good. a simple strategy, four blocks with a cross drawn mm-hmm. evenly, mm-hmm. four blocks from the bottom left, um, mm-hmm. the, the letters B, Above that P to the right of that A and R Belief, potential, action and results mm-hmm. The results in your life are because of the actions you've taken mm-hmm. The actions you've taken are because of the uh, potential you've mm-hmm. believed in And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, none of this works without one form Belief, right. poor right. belief system, poor potential right. Poor potential, poor actions, poor results right. For me, that's a formula that I've used for the past eight years And it's given me tremendous mm-hmm. results Well, folk, I think that it's time to really just Take a step back and play music that excites and, you know, start navigating, start playing amongst the stars in our awesome galaxy, start sharing feelings one with another. But one thing, listeners, do not give your love back. You know, (laughs) really, folk, please, please, let's remain just hugging one another. This is Professor David Block. To Terry and to Kenton, thank you so much. Until next Tuesday, goodbye. Thank you very much.
flying fish now has even more flavor. No! More flavor! Huh? Hey! Whatcha doing? Man, even more flavor! Alright, introducing new chilled green apple. Chilled green apple! It's a beer with all the bitterness brewed out and green apple flavor brewed in. I said the flavor's brewed in. Go on, huh. add some flavor. Don't mind if I do. Hey! Enjoy responsibly. Not for sale to persons under the age of 18. This is CliffCentral.com.